0: Hey Midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce, hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Allison Hall, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. You are known as the change agent coach in helping people to reinvent themselves at midlife, which I think is awesome as someone that has reinvented her own life and still doing it. (laughs) I totally relate to this topic. So welcome to the show. Tell everyone a little bit more about you and what made you really want to help women reinvent themselves.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. This is, it's fun. It's going to be fun. I, um, yeah, I was not always a coach. I was not always a lot of things. So I landed where I am now because I've reinvented myself so many times and what I finally figured out in all of my different iterations, you know, I spent like 25 years in corporate America.
0: Where wah, I probably wah, wah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where I probably didn't make as many choices as I should or could have. But, um, so once I got out, I wanted to do all the things that I hadn't done before. And what I discovered is that I love to learn new things. So every one of my careers, my only you know, my post-corporate careers, my only requisite is that if I just want to learn something, I can do that, but I have to be able to monetize it. So I started out as a personal trainer because I was a fitness kind of fanatic. Mm -hmm. And being in the corporate world, I realized, you know, a lot of us women just didn't have the time or the access to getting to the gym all the time. Mm -hmm. So I became a corporate trainer for executive women. And I started a whole company. The company got a little bigger than I wanted to manage. So I sold it and that I could justify moving on to my next thing. Hmm. I'm a CPA by sort of trade, I guess, historically. So I like numbers and things like that. So I was like, "Ooh, look, there's a certified tax planner thing I could do. So I figured, well, I can justify that. Somebody's going to want it, you know, want that information. So I did that Next. In doing that, I discovered, oh, look, there's a certified divorce financial planner designation. I can earn that. Woo! So I got to do that. I, I also have a company, Whitehall Divorce Consulting, where I do financial analyses for people, women who are getting divorced. In doing that, I discovered that what women really needed was a divorce coach to help them yeah. during the divorce and afterward because it's one of the biggest life transitions, right? You know, And that's what we ended up talking about so much was, what am I going to do next? My life is completely changed in all these ways. So that's how I became a coach for women. And then I realized that all the work that I, you know, so I was doing a lot of research and getting questionnaires and trying to really help these people, you know, start businesses, do all kinds of things. And I realized that this was not just for divorce. It's just, for women generally in all kinds of transitions in their right. lives, particularly midlife. So that is how I landed here. That was a very long story, but no, that is so a relevant. great
0: story. You and I have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, for me, I spent probably 25 years as an entrepreneur, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I very briefly went into the corporate world, which I did not love, or it just wasn't for me, I should say. For right. people that are in the corporate world that love it, that is great. For me, I realized, I was like, no, this is not for me. But the point I want to make is I did kind of like hop around from one thing to another, not because I was like confused or, well, in some ways I was bored because it wasn't feeding my soul. So I kept hopping around and hopping around and then till I finally landed on what I'm doing now actually right. which came about with reinventing my entire life which in my opinion if especially at midlife you know I I think like midlife is such a great time because you're you're old enough to know what you like and what you don't like what works and what doesn't work for you right. and you're still
1: young enough to actually make some changes exactly really yeah if- Yeah. And it's one of the first times when, for some people, I mean, particularly if you've had children or, again, had a career that took you, you know, took 60 hours of your week and and all Uh that kind of stuff. It's one of the first times then you've had the opportunity to just kind of sit down and think, what do I really want? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So for so long, you've done the shoulds, right? And the have to. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been more about like, I feel, well, it was for me, it was more about surviving in those Mm -hmm. first few decades of my life. And I was a single mom at like a very, very young age and then a widow. And so it was, I was always just surviving. I was always just doing what I, whatever I had to do, whatever I should do. And then I remember during my whole midlife breakdown crisis, whatever, that I was like, God dang it. I am so tired of just surviving. Like I want to thrive. I want to. I want to wake up every day and go. I love my life. And I'll admit, I had never really felt that way before. Right. I mean, I'd wake up in the morning and go, "Here we go again." Exactly. (laughs) It was like Groundhog Day. It was so (laughs) mundane, you know. And I and I knew that I was. I think for a while there, I was expecting something to change in my life but i realized it was me like in order to create the change in my life i had to
1: change i had to create the change right yeah. and that's the, that's the that is the thing right so yes you know the whole change agent yeah coaching i picked it not because i'm the change agent it's yes. because i'm helping the people who are the change agents in their own lives you know oh that's- i love that we're always kind of looking for, we're just sort of accustomed to people telling us what yeah. to do and how to do it for, as you mentioned, the first several decades of our lives. Right. And we're not that accustomed to, we make the day-to-day decisions, but the big decisions about who you're going to be, you know, yes. and what resonates with you and what fulfills yep. you and all that. We mm-hmm. spend, we've spent very little time up to that point thinking about that. So, Right. What I do is not anything that you can't do for yourself, but sometimes you just need somebody objectively to stand outside of you. And somebody who's not in your family, you know, sometimes that's not always the best solution. They've known you all this time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. who you should be and and what's best for you. Well,
0: and a lot of times, uh, family members and friends don't really want you to change because if you change that changes their world,
1: their life. Right, and it it puts a spotlight on them, or or they may feel it does. You know, maybe maybe I need to evolve as well. Right? You're like, gosh dang
0: it, it. why she change it (laughs) all? Exactly. As a matter of fact, it's funny. um, My oldest son had was visiting a few years ago, and I always had all of these inspirational quotes all over my house. You know, like little magnets and stuff. He's like, gosh dang it. He's like, he goes every time I come here, I feel like I got to make some changes in my life. Exactly. I was like, and really, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier. I mean, midlife makeover, right? Whether you're doing minor changes or major changes, like I feel we should always be striving to evolve and in changing and upgrading our just the way like our iPhones need an upgrade, whether we really think they do or not. Um, like there, we, we need that upgrade for ourselves. And sometimes we forget, like we get stuck in the, the day-to-day of everyday life and then you wake up and go, what am I doing? Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's it's good to pause and reflect and say, wait a minute, I, I need to make some changes here. And that doesn't necessarily mean with where you're at is bad. Right right? It's just that you're wanting to improve on where you're going to be and your future.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, there's so many factors that come into it too, right? I mean, if on average you live, you know, X number of days, right? We've all probably, especially once you get to the middle of your life, you start to look at, (laughs) do I have more days ahead of me or behind me kind of thing, you know? and. When you start to think about what do I want to do with the rest of my days? I mean, sure, yeah. we still have to do the mundane things. We have to fold laundry. We have to do those sorts of things. Right. But but in the big picture of things, even if you don't make big changes, as you're mentioning, yeah. they don't have to be big changes. We just no. want to evolve. But I think it just starts with taking stock, which we very often don't take the time to do because we're marching along. Doing right. the day-to-day things, right? Yes. And taking stock can be, it's just like what you mentioned with friends and family. Sometimes they don't want yeah. you to take stock, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that could become problematic for them. Yeah. But exactly. Stock can be scary too. You can yeah. Sometimes we carry around dreams from even childhood, things that right. one day I'm going to, all of the right. one days or I will be happy when all those sorts of things start to pile up. Yes. And when you put them down on paper, which is you know, that's the ultimate test, not just what's in your head, but writing it down. It can be daunting. I know revolutionary though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I even made a post not too long ago and it said, um,
0: you know, one day I'll do this one day. I'll do this. Like, why not make this the day one? Like you just have to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and and sometimes we feel like we have to have all the duckies in a row. In order to, start. I used to think that I was such a perfectionist. I mean, right. definitely being a French pastry chef, I was a perfectionist. I <laughs> still am a little bit. I'm recovering, <laughs> yeah. but you don't always have to have the duckies in a row. And really, you're the leader of the ducks. Like <laughs> that makes right. sense. Like you're the <laughs> like. just <laughs> start. The duckies will follow. They'll figure it out. And I think one of my ma- my favorite quotes is a uh, leap in the net will appear. Right. And, I love that. and you do yeah. like, you just have to leap. And the, the net is you, like it's you having faith in yourself that you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. And so, so
1: things, what you, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that you'll figure it out. And most things, I mean, think about it. Most things work out. They may not yeah. work out the way you thought they would or plan, but yeah. they typically work out some kind of way. Right. So if you just yep. get moving, You'll get somewhere, but if if you don't steer the ship, nobody else is going to. Right? It's yep. your ship. Exactly. The ship's still going to go. It might be going in circles. It's going to go, but if you steer it, you can actually go somewhere you want. Yeah. You know? I
0: totally agree. I've always said that you know it's like things do work out. Like there, it's never that it didn't work out because it. If you look back, it's like oh, it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, recently I had I can't name the name a large publisher. <laughs> contact me, me. (laughs) a large publisher, contact me and wanting me to write a book about midlife. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Like, this is my dream. It's always been my dream to write a book someday. And it just like came out of the blue. Well, long story short, it didn't work out with them, but it did work out with them because from that, I ended up getting like a can't name names, a really large literary agent in the publishing world, which then led me to an awesome book coach, which is now like leading to this great book, which is even better than what they wanted me to write. So again, like it may not have worked out the way I originally thought, but it really did work out. It worked even out. better. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Because one door opening, like you said, like the duck, the little ducks, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're the leader of the Quacks. ducks. Yeah. There's so many, I am the queen of mixed metaphors. So, you know, so now the ducks have opened a door. Now you can go through the door, you know, whack exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so what do you feel um, from the clients that you've worked with? What is the biggest thing that holds them back?
1: I have found that the biggest thing that holds people back are two things. One, yeah. and it, it's all in your head. Yeah. It's the stories that you tell yourself about who you are and who you should be and the things you have to do that's number one and the other one is just the running commentary in your head people call it the inner critic the saboteurs all that sort of thing but it's really just the talk in your head and it's so difficult to overcome because you know i'm not a psychologist but we all have this thing and so we all kind of have a need to master it in some way because isn't it ironic i mean I don't know if it's ironic but isn't it interesting that it's always the negative thoughts in your head that that kind of take precedent? Right? Oh,
0: yes. It's I know. It's crazy.
1: I mean, yep. it's not it's not like we don't know this, but it is true. Right. Why does the negative one always win? You know? Yes, exactly, one. jerk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when there's another one over here kind of quietly going, "Eh, I don't know. I think you might hey, able to do what,
0: it might be. Hey, what about this yeah. 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 Hey, I would really like to start a new career. Oh, knock it off. No, we're no, staying no. right where we're at. Yeah, we're not doing that. Nope. Yeah. Well, I tell you, that's really the biggest thing that changed for me. That's what got the ball rolling and reinventing my own life was paying attention to that ticker tape that was going across in my head. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was either, okay, it was the cheerleader, you know, like my, I was either being my greatest cheerleader or my worst critic. Right. And I was like, wait, I'm like, just like what you said, I was like, no, God dang it. You were not winning this time. I'm like, I've had it with you. You have done me no good. <laughs> I'm exactly. like, You're fired, you know? So I did, I, w- I wanted to make the cheerleader louder than the critic. And, and I had the only way I did that was just be by being mindful, by right. paying attention and literally stopping it in it's track, like just go, right. er, nope. And replacing the critic's voice with the
1: cheerleader's voice. Right. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so wah, true. Wah. Because, and, yeah. and I know some people some people are really into mindfulness and some people who think it's the whole thing is too woo woo. It really (laughs) is just being present and thinking and just stopping and letting the voice be its own separate entity that you're kind of, "Hmm, I heard you. Yeah. But I don't necessarily have to take action based on that thought. I can, and sometimes it's about particularly working with, with clients. Sometimes it's about just manufacturing, you know, writing down when you hear one of those things, don't think yeah. about it anymore. Just keep it moving. But later on, looking at what you've written down and come up with a positive opposite, even if you don't believe it, just yes, to get in exactly. the habit of getting those thoughts in your head. Because some people really, I mean, it's just, as yeah, you're well aware, it's a constant negative. Yes. And story.
0: you don't even know it. Right. It's so right. subconscious that mm-hmm. you're like, wait, what? I don't even realize. That. And I, I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so mean to myself. You yeah. know, like once I paid yeah. attention, I was like, oh my gosh, this has got to stop. Because I knew if what I was envisioning for my future, in order for that to happen, which is where I'm at right now, there was no way that I would side with the critic. I wouldn't get here.
1: Right. Because you yeah. wouldn't talk to, I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. heard this said before, you wouldn't talk to a friend. Yes. In the way that you allow these little guys to talk to yourself. So Yeah. Yeah. So change has to be made. And again, like I said, it's also about that influences the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives and who we are. And it also influences the stories that you say out loud. And I kind of started doing work with with my divorcing clients because the stories that they were telling about the relationship, the divorce, all of that had a huge impact on their mindset. Yes. Yes. Use the word mindset. Um, their yep. you know state of mind or where they felt yeah. that they were they could go or they were going. It was all based on, you know, their relationship with this person, how it ended, how that person you know reflected things upon them, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, kind of reimagining your stories helps yeah. you a lot in terms of you know moving yourself in a new direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking, it's it's almost like taking a stand to yourself, <laughs> yeah. to that critic of your own self. Like in order yeah. to become your new self, you have to take a stand to the old self.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And really yeah. be as objective as you can, you know, like you have to look and see where you are in relationship to whatever transitional changes. Like mm-hmm. if it was a divorce or maybe you got laid off or maybe you, right. you're burnt out or whatever, you got to step away from the flame a little bit and yeah. and kind of, examine your real objective circumstances. What is, you know, am I really a victim? Right. You know, yeah, exactly. And in victimhood or, you know, or whatever, whatever feeling you're feeling, is this where I want to stay? You know? Yeah. I can remember for,
0: you know, for my midlife crisis, whatever, I can remember having a feeling of guilt and shame. Like, I can't believe I got myself here again. And here I am like, what the hell? Like I was pissed at myself. And I finally, like, I was like, you know what? That doesn't serve me any good either. I right. have to forgive where, myself, where I'm at, the circumstances. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you can't change it. The only thing you can change is that present moment. You You can start planting new seeds that you can advantage of in your future. Like there's nothing you can do about the past. So for me, a lot of it was just letting go. Like it's like, suck it up. It is what it is. And you can't do anything about it.
1: It is what it is, is one of the best phrases. It's so laissez faire, but it really is true. There's nothing we can do about the past. We can, everything we do right now, this sounds so corny, but the things that you do right now, they really do affect the future. So if you do nothing, you're kind of making yep. a decision about your future, right? Yeah. And and the people yes. that you talk to sometimes it's envi- you know their environmental changes you can make. Sometimes yeah. your friends are inadvertently or sometimes purposely yeah. <laughs> uh, influencing how you move in the world and continue to move in the world. If all of your yeah. conversations about are about the bad things that have already happened, and my ex did this and he's this yeah. way and da da da, or that job sucked, or you know all the things. Yep. If those are the conversations you're constantly having, that's kind of where you're going to go. Exactly. Keep moving along in the darkness. Yeah. And, you know, midlife is such a great
0: opportunity to declutter. Not just, you know, I did a show recently about decluttering before I I moved into the RV and before I, you know, moved to Portugal. but you know, decluttering actually your life, your thoughts, and sometimes friends. And sometimes, you know, a lot of relationships have to change. And again, you have to take a stand for the person that you want to be and the life that you want to live. And that you have to be number one without feeling guilty. And I, you know, women, especially myself included where we feel like, oh my gosh, I have to take care of everybody else. And Mm -hmm. who am I to actually get a life that I love? You know, right. so then you, and I, I ended up for many, many years, maybe decades where I would not shine my light because other people around me were intimidated. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would keep quiet. I would, you know, Wendy was to this or to that or to this or to that. So I was like, shit, if I, if I am really windy, then I'm going to lose some people and I can't handle that. So then I just stayed small. Right. And, but then. What did that result in? You know, me being miserable and waking up one day and going, Oh my gosh, I hate my life. So
1: exactly.
0: yeah. So it's it's not worth uh hanging on to relationships that don't serve you if you can't be yourself.
1: Exactly. So I love that decluttering yeah. notion. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> little, I mean a little yeah. health cleaning, little if health you will. Cleaning. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what would you say?
0: Um you know, okay, there's a woman that is out there and they've been raising the kids, they ran the household, they, you know, they kicked ass at it, of course. And then here they are, you know, 50 years old and getting served with divorce papers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And they're literally having to restart everything.
1: Where do you even begin? Yeah. I mean, and of course I've had yeah. Many such circumstances. And it's crazy because the, it, your entire life is upended. And usually yeah. almost always your financial circumstances are going to not be what they were. I mean, in some cases, yeah. sometimes you get a windfall and your yeah. life is great and you just yeah. go forth, right? <laughs> yeah, I win. But m- yeah. most, you know, more often than not, there's, yeah. you know, you get a little bit of, of, alimony, you know, in some yep. states for a little while, but you're expect, if you are able to work, you're expected to go do that. Right. So, I mean, I hate this scenario, but it, it because it really does involve so much self-reflection and a lot yes. of tears, you know? I know, and people have a really, women have a really hard time letting go of what has transpired. So we yeah. end up spending a lot of time rehashing and hashing and rehashing yep. what has already Occurred. But once we get through that, so, you know, I look at it like a a continuum. Mm -hmm. You may be all the way down at the beginning of the the continuum where you are still in shame, blame, you know, can't get your arms around it, all
0: the Mm -hmm. way down to
1: the other end of the spectrum where you're thriving, you know, you've accepted the outcome, you're looking forward to your future most people that i meet are somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. tend to be closer to the beginning so we've got to get past all of that and a lot of that is reframing like i was talking about your story reframe the story let's yeah. really look at what actually happened and not look at you know change the way you view yourself in the relationship yeah and start looking more forward and, and that sort of thing so right it's a lot about listening to stories talking about stories reframing changing the way you talk to the people That you know about what has happened so that you can get to the point of being able to look at, then we want to move into the really important stuff where we're looking at your skills because you're probably going to have to work, you know, you may be able to be, you know, maybe being an entrepreneur is going to end up being your thing, or you may have to go into the workplace. So really just looking at your skills, looking at what you're passionate about and not marrying them at first, but just what am I good at? And sometimes you have no idea because to your point, you may have been raising children, you're doing the household things, but you probably have friends and family around you, people who've known you, and they will say, well, what you bring to the table is this. You are amazing with that. Mm -hmm. If I blah, 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 or to talk about this, I come to you. I think you have really good skills in this regard. Sometimes we need to do that. Then we look at the things we're passionate about. and. And it doesn't have to be your deepest, you know, this is my one true calling, you know, that's yeah. not where we are quite yet, probably. <laughs> right, right. But, but finding, you know, like, what do I get excited about waking up to do in a in a given day? Or what in my, when I do have free time, what are the things that I kind of gravitate toward? Yeah. Or if I read an article about something and what gets my juices flowing? Ooh, that seems exciting or interesting. Those are your yeah. passions. What are your values? You know, what things mm-hmm. are important to me out in the world, you know? if I, if I had my druthers, would I help to end world hunger or yeah. would I help my local community church or, you know, those sorts of things. And then what is the world going to pay you for? You know, because right. that's the realistic thing. Yeah. <laughs> if, we can, if we can marry all those into a nice little mashup, we yeah, get lucky. Sometimes we don't get all of those things in our first go round as a divorcee. You may have to mm-hmm. go and get a little more training, some education. Um, but sometimes you get lucky and you figure, oh, there's something I'm really great at. You mentioned pastry chef. Sometimes yeah. maybe you're a great cook and yes. maybe you could start your own catering business. Maybe you're great with numbers. You could be a bookkeeper. You know, there's yep. all these different things. And and so I'm telling this in the longest way possible. But those are all the things that we work through. I'm just a yeah. really practical person. I like to get to the part where we're doing something and moving Yeah, And, and
0: I love that because I think... I mean, nowadays, right? You see, uh, whether it's on social media or books, it's seven ways to do this, five steps to do this. (laughs) Yeah. As human beings, I feel like we need that. Like, yeah. Enough with the fluff, you know? That's a good title. (laughs) That (laughs) is a good (laughs) one. But really, like, I think people are really wanting that. Like, give Mm -hmm. me the steps. Like, I'll take the steps. Like, just show me what to do. And sometimes they feel, especially if you're going through something like divorce or something major in your life, there's so much emotion involved that sometimes Mm -hmm. it is hard to see through all of it. So mm-hmm. that's what's so great about having a coach to go here. You go like, and there's no
1: shame in it. You know, yeah. there's no shame in having a coach. And I'm not just yeah. <laughs> shamelessly pushing my <laughs> business at all. I'm just saying that it. To your point, it is yeah. so difficult, particularly with divorce, yes. to get outside of your own head. There's yeah. so many emotions. You've got children to deal with. You've got an ex who may or may may not be you know, Mm -hmm. acting right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. You know, you may be, you may have things on the side over there that you're dealing with. You may not necessarily have people in your friend group or your family group that are thinking objectively about, you know, what's best for you and how to get you out of this situation. And sometimes I have worked with clients for a week and just gotten them on a path, you know, and and they just like to have the, boxes to check. Like, what do I do? Just tell me what to do. And I'm not making their lives any different. I'm just giving them a framework. You Mm -hmm. know, some people you have to work with a little bit longer because they have to, they're just not ready. You have to get to the point of being ready to move ahead.
0: And then speaking of, yeah. So if someone is uh, completely lacking the courage to take that first step, how do you get the courage?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great question. But it's, it, I, I have found that in with people that I've worked with, getting the courage very often is, um, it ends up being because I have to, you know, yes. they're, they're, mm. it's just like with anything. It's like with losing weight. Yeah. If you don't have a, some people have great, you know, willpower and they can just will themselves to do something. But most of us need a really good reason. And yeah. in terms of like losing weight, maybe it's because you're going on a cruise in two months, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so that's your motivation. You have to have motivation to have courage, in my opinion. Yeah, so, yeah, the why, the, like you have the to why, have a, yeah. the why to find your way. Exactly, yeah. You have so many great
0: book titles. <laughs> I I like somebody, <laughs> somebody out there, write those down. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, I mean, cur- the typically with yeah. the women I've, it's usually out of economic necessity. You get the courage yes. to do things that you wouldn't have thought that you would have, have had the courage to do when you were married um, yeah,
0: because exactly. you had a
1: very specific life that you were leading. And if you have children and you or you just need enough money to continue to pay the mortgage for the house that right. you decided to keep, you know that's where yeah. courage comes from, and then you fake it till you make it. I mean, you just yes, you I, may not yep. feel great inside, and that's yeah, that's the thing. People expect to feel wonder. You know, yes. If I do all now, these I'm things, ready. Yay. Yeah, yeah, let's no. go after reinventing
0: myself. Yeah, no,
1: that's, yeah. There's no like magic day, the day of reinvention. Yeah. No,
0: <laughs> no. I'm so glad that you said that because for me, looking back at that time when I was like bawling on my bathroom floor, and it was I was like, wait a minute. You know, first of all, yes, I'm the one that has to make the changes. And my why was, geez, I can't stay here on the bathroom floor bawling my eyes out. Like my why was, I've got to eat. I've got to be able to take care of myself. I have children. You know, like I've got to do something. That was my why. And then really it was just taking action. And I think the taking the action helped me to overcome a lot of the drama and the trauma and the sadness in my life because I had something to focus on. And even Absolutely. if it wasn't something that I loved doing, it was something my mind wasn't, you know, it was different than me sitting on the couch, eating popcorn and allowing my mind to just sit there and wonder about all the crap in my life. Right. Absolutely. Like if I yeah. was at work and I'm training for a new job, like I don't have time for that. I'm exactly. Like, whatever. And I don't think I really don't, I mean, I'm all about like getting therapy and really diving underneath all of that stuff that's going on for you emotionally. At the same time, like it, it's not a, a form of denial to start doing things in your life just to get you moving forward. Doing absolutely. Something.
1: Yeah. Action yeah. Is, is absolutely necessary. Yeah. yeah. Being sedentary and just, you know, what is the, something about the devil's workshop or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Your mind just goes yeah. nuts and then you just sort of ruminate in woe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I was the queen of worry. I I would just sit there. Oh my gosh. So, and now, now that I know that I I pay attention to it, I was like, oh no, no, no. We are not doing that. Cause it just spirals. It just gets worse and worse and worse.
1: And And it goes back to the concept of If you don't steer the ship, no one's going to. So if you stay in this muck, that's where you're going to be longer, longer, longer. Yeah. So
0: divorce or not, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people at midlife, you know, even if they've been somewhat happy in the career that they've had, they're like, what is my purpose? What is what is the meaning to life? you like I feel a lot of people are, especially after COVID. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have been wondering, like, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? What am I doing? Uh, what? Why am I even here? How do you even begin to figure that out if someone is just completely clueless of what their purpose is? And what? Do, and what do you think? What What is having a purpose? What is a what, having your purpose in life? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I think.
1: I think, I think we all have a purpose, right? We may not be consciously aware of it all the time, yeah. but I think we all have a purpose. And I think our purpose changes as we move along through life. And I think that it becomes particularly in midlife, it bec- it kind of bubbles up because, yeah. because the purpose was defined earlier in life. When you were a young mother, your purpose was obvious, right? If somebody right. said, well, what's your purpose? My purpose is to raise these people. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and yeah. You know, and if in a in a corporate environment, sometimes if somebody asked you what your purpose was, you might not know what a good answer is. But going to work every day, feeling as if you're adding to the community that you work with and helping the people that you work with and and maybe you care about the company, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's your purpose. I think it's when you've done all those things and you're looking for a higher purpose that it becomes elusive, and you think to yourself, have I ever had a purpose? But I think we always do. Right. But we want it changes. It changes and we want it to be more meaningful. I think the longer we live. Yes. Because. You want to leave a legacy, even if, even if it's just in your own mind or in the mind of the people around you, you want to leave a legacy. You feel like, well, I I need to do something more important here now. But I think it's always going to be wrapped up in what your value, your true values are. You know, what's, what's meaningful and important to you. And you end up in going out and doing those things. It may not be something that makes you money. You know, right. sometimes yep. we get lucky, and it, and it mm-hmm. can be a part of how we earn a living. You know, right. purposeful business entrepreneurs, you know, passionpreneurs, all that sort of thing. Yeah, but sometimes it's just that I I help out in my community, or yeah, you know, I teach reading to little kids, or you know, or I'm kind. Maybe that's yeah, so, and, and yeah, just joy. something that feeds your soul and makes your yeah. heart sing. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be this grand thing that you put. Yeah, on the flat. and
0: I think too, like a lot of people think that a purpose means that that's your vocation. Just like yeah. you said, you don't necessarily have to make money from that. So right. some people are are looking for that perfect career, and and maybe you don't have a perfect career, but as long as it's something that you know you wake
1: up and you're excited to exactly to it's do. It's all whatever. about balance, right? So yes. you may have a. I mean, I would hope that you don't have a job that you hate. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Everybody in their lifetime will have a job that they hate. <laughs> Hopefully, it's earlier in life and not later. But <laughs> yeah, you know, so you may have a job that you are fine with because that's where yeah. your skill set is. But yeah, you have a passion for something else and the purpose of your purpose is driven by doing something else that, you know, yeah. doesn't earn money or whatever. I'm so yeah. glad
0: that you said that, like the word fine, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what people get to midlife. It's like everything's just been ordinary. You know, like you want extraordinary, you want better than fine. And I think people like reach for that. Like, how do I get that? And I, I, I'd be curious to see what you think, but To me, I feel like it's a lot of just experimenting and exploring the world and seeing what you like and what you don't like. I I think of life as like a a buffet. You know, you (laughs) go up, sample what you want, see if you like it. If you do go back for seconds. If you don't like it, then whatever, you know, exactly.
1: I agree. I love that. I think I I love the buffet and I'm going to steal that from you (laughs) because I usually, I usually use, um, lab experiment. Like every experience Mm -hmm. you have is a lab experiment and you learn something from it, you know, like a marriage to somebody is an experiment. So, Mm -hmm. so you try to take something from it. You might still feel sick to your stomach, but try to take something positive from it that you can move forward with. And maybe it's just, I'm never going to do that again in my lifetime, but yeah, always moving toward more better, you
0: know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I've always said there's there's no mistakes in life, only retakes. So it's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've done that <laughs> several times. Retake, let's do yeah. that one more time. <laughs> the- one more time. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been so awesome. I love this conversation. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's- I mean, and I think too, let me just say, I think reinventing your life, no matter how small or how big, it's fun. It's so fun to see the things that can happen and that you're the designer
1: and the creator behind it. You're like, right. like you said, the change agent. And I think, and and that's the whole yeah. thing about the change agent for me yeah. is giving yourself permission, right? Yeah. As women, we don't give ourselves, we have uh. historically not given ourselves permissions for so many things, but to mm-hmm. give yourself permission to experiment, to try different yeah. things. And it doesn't have to be the last thing you ever do. You're not picking yes. the last you know, this is not the last stand. This could yeah. just be a, as you mentioned, it's part of the buffet. It's just a blip, but I'm yeah. going to try it. And yep. now it's behind me and I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah, or I'm sticking with it. Cause it's amazing. Like you found what you're doing yeah. now. It's amazing. You love it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking of people, um, in history that have completely reinvented their lives at you know midlife. And, um, Julia Childs, uh, speaking of <laughs> French pastries, yeah. she didn't start until she was in her 50s.
1: There's so many people for whom, yeah. for whom that's a statistic. You know, mm-hmm. people who did things starting in their 50s, 60s, even 70s. I, yeah. And I'm so terrible with remembering people's names. But yeah. when I think of, I, and I'm sure you've heard of her, I can't think of her name, but she's a woman bodybuilder who started like in her 80s you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that's, that's for some reason that always sticks in my head. I find that to be so impressive. Yes. Because you know? most it's of us tend to get too more late. and more sedentary. It's never it's, too late. No, yeah. it's never too late. And,
0: and, and, you,
1: and if you think about the people in their, in their nineties who are still doing things, they're the ones who are living the longest with, you know, great mental health and yes, physicality exactly. because they stayed busy. They probably had, Throughout their lifetimes, myriad careers, you know, yeah. and things that they did. Harry Belafonte just passed mm-hmm. away recently.
0: Well, yeah. no, it
1: wasn't Harry Belafonte. Yeah. But anyway, you yeah. know, lots of different things that he did throughout, lived to 96. Yeah. Lots of different things yes. he did throughout his career, you know, throughout yeah. his lifetime. I love that. I love knowing that I don't have to keep doing the same thing for the rest of my I life. I know. No, I yeah. think. Um- it's
0: been a while since I've read it, but The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss doesn't mm-hmm. he talk about how he kind of hopped around to all sorts of different things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that, that was, how he liked doing that and, mm-hmm. and that fed his soul just to try different things. And I think that's, that's key. Like you said, you not, you're not stuck. No one says right. you have to stay doing what you're doing. Like, okay, if you really feel like you can hang in there for 10 more years to wait for the pension or whatever, <laughs> right. great, but you don't have to. <laughs> you don't like, have
1: to. Yeah. There's
0: other ways to go about it. Yeah. Exactly.
1: It's all goes back to what you said. It's all about mindset. Ah, it's just so ex- yeah, you look at it, yeah.
0: like makeover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: where can we find you?
1: Yeah, I I'm not on a lot of social platforms. Good just, for you. <laughs> just you know, but I am on um, let's see, uh, LinkedIn. So it's Allison Hall dash Coach dash Women. Okay. okay. So, or you could just email me Allison with one L at changeagentcoach.com. and I okay. answer you know, I'm always happy to talk to people about things. I'm not, you know, big and salesy or anything like that. So people have questions about stuff. And I will say one thing, I have lots of resources like, um, you know, questionnaires and things like that. If you're looking for your life purpose, happy to share them with anybody who asks. So
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. That is such a good thing. Like you, you said, like putting things down on paper, and really, just sitting there in reflection can make a huge difference. Exactly. And it doesn't so. take a lot. Sometimes I've, I've discovered so much just from journaling. Right. right? Yeah. And some yeah. people really
1: enjoy that. And some people need a structure of a piece of paper, you know, with some questions on it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then your website is changeagentcoaching.com. Yes. That's that right. And I just yeah. looked at your website. It's so good. Oh. Well, I'm like I'm one of those that like I'm such a like a website snob. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's check this thing out. Like no misspellings, you're good there. Good pictures. Thank you. Yeah,
1: aesthetically
0: pleasing. So, Thank you. Good job. Yeah. And then you've got coaching packages too.
1: I do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I work with one thing I do sort of mm-hmm. on the side, because I really love it, as I work with people who are interested in being entrepreneurs, just helping them get oh, set nice. up, or I do some packages where if you have a small business and you want somebody to kind of do a little audit to see yeah. where you could punch things up or, or maybe be more effective, I do that. But mm-hmm. then I also work with people just to help them figure out where they're going next. So, yeah. You're definitely using your gifts and strengths and your midlife. I hope so.
0: That's what yeah. I wanted to do. And I'm enjoying yeah. myself.
1: I love it. So, I'm having fun.
0: Aww, yeah. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you. Thanks thank for having you. me. I hope we can <laughs> meet again someday.
1: Yes. Maybe, Maybe in the RV. I'll cruise by. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wave to me in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one. You can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.